Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 130. That doesn't sound very much. <laughs> it is. I thought we were on 150. No. Okay. 131. <laughs> I think that's our podcast. Um, there's me projecting into the future. We are at the Libertine in Dorset, Westbourne in Dorset, and we grabbed a pint of knob, Dorset knob, <laughs> and Orchard Thieves. Guess who had which? And we had a bit of a chat about, well, it started off with libertines, really, and how they were very hedonistic, and what hedonism was, and how hedonism is kind of a, a natural trait to us as human beings, and how that might inhibit us from change, and uh, discipline, and what tools and techniques we might have in our locker to help us with that. And, and we focused a lot on visualisation and storytelling. So, I hope you enjoy it. Grab yourself a pint, or a glass of water, or a smoothie, and <laughs> chill out. Brilliant. Here we are. Cheers. Hey, mate. Cheers then. Back in Coronation Street with your glass, aren't you? Look at that. It's a, it's a glass tankard for everybody who the lady can't at the see. Bar, the lady at the bar asked me, do you want it in a straight glass or with a handle? And I said, I'll have a handle, please. Okay. Okay, so that wasn't like her recommendation. You no, chose that. I chose a handle. Okay. Because we all, you, I always see people looking at the video will always see you drinking or me drinking mainly out of straight glasses. Yeah. I thought, why not? Why not change it up, Jeff? Okay. All right. Yeah. It's like, Have you got any idea what you're drinking? Well, it's a bitter. So I went, listeners, I went to the bar today and I ordered Jeff a drink. He doesn't know what he's got yet, so it's a Don't. bit of a mystery, mystery pint. It's a, I'm going to say it's a bitter. Yes. Um, my first, the first thing that I got was whiskey. Oh, really? But that might just be it's a dirty glass. So. <laughs> it could be, yeah. Um, because it doesn't taste strong, but I just had a sort of vague... Is it like um, an old peculiar or a, um, an old speckled hen or something like that? It's Well, I, I wouldn't know. Okay. But it's, it's a local beer, okay. so it's called Dorset Knob. Okay. All so right. Jeff's got a pint of Dorset Knob. Yeah. Uh, from the Dorset Brewing Company, so yeah. it's local. Um, it's uh, 3.9%. Mm-hmm. It's a zesty light amber ale with a multi character and hoppy floral bouquet. Okay, so that's not, I mean, that's not, that's not what how you I said. described it. No. But, I mean, it's light, I'll give you that. Yeah. But it's, it's nice. But we are, we are in Dorset, are we not? Yes, we're in Dorset, yeah. In, we're on the, and it's we're um, in Westbourne. Yeah. Westbourne by Sea. Yeah. Um, God's waiting room? No, that's somewhere else, isn't it? <laughs> Blackpool or something. I don't know. Yeah. Eastbourne. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're in Westbourne. We're in Westbourne. Completely we're different place. Other one. Other one. Yeah, in a pub called the Libertine. And I've got a pint of Orchard Thieves. This isn't from a local brewery. This is. I've had this a hundred times. Glass. It's a good glass. That might go missing. Yeah, I'll take that one. But the, the, the pubs get these glasses free, don't they? Yeah. Sometimes it's a sale or return thing. Or, you know, oh, is it? I don't know. Maybe. Nice glass, though. 
I would have thought they'd get them free. It's good advertising for the breweries. Yeah, the Libertine. So it's not, um, I wouldn't say it's in keeping with the. Oh, it's not a traditional pub, so it's not that modern. Sort of somewhere in between. I think it's a, a bar and restaurant, isn't it? It seems to be a restaurant yeah. on the other side. It's got some pop music going on. Flame of Faith, I heard. Mm. Well, of course, yeah. there's a band called the Libertines. Well, that's true. Yeah, Wasn't that Pete Doherty's band? If I made that up. I think you might be right, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't put money on it, especially if you were giving that answer in a quiz. You call it bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we just we, we watched an episode of that new quiz show, Bullshit, which we think Paul would be very good at. Mainly because I don't know many the answers to many quiz questions. But there we are. Well, what are we talking about? What's what's on the what's the on the agenda? Any um, patrons to say hello oh, yeah? to today? Yeah, so hello to Deanna McNeil. Hello, Deanna, and thank you for your contribution. Regular. So you'll be hearing a lot more of us, Deanna. Cheers to you. Cheers to you. And... Sumoi Chin. Sumoi Chin. That's a new subscriber. Hope you hope you like it. Hello, Sue. Hope you stick around. Oh, cheers to you. Cheers. Um, so what are we talking about? Well, I don't know. Um, Anything on your mind? Anything well, I'm on a bit of a... bit of a... chill. Because I've had, You've a, had a, a, a slog of a few weeks. I've had you? an insanely busy few weeks. Yeah. So this is um, this is a bit of a bit of a R and R for me. Unsustainable um, pace, would you say, Jeff? Did it meet that criteria? Oh yeah, you, I mean, you couldn't carry on that pace indefinitely. No. But uh, because I knew it was only for a fixed period of time, and then I had this time, then yeah, I could keep it going. And there was the element of. Um, Sort of intrinsic motivation to it, if you like. It, it wasn't. It wasn't a monotonous slog work that I didn't want to do. It was all new, interesting, um, rewarding in different ways. Work so that that helped. But yeah, my back took a punishment from standing up in the office or, or sitting uh, down or both. So I have a standing desk. So I was changing between standing and sitting, but I was on for five days on the trot and then after that yeah other kids stuff and family stuff and that, that put a bit of a toll on my back but there's also probably a bit of a stress and tension in that as well surely that's, yeah, would that would have been that would have been part of the uh, the package I imagine <clears throat> so You're chilling out a bit this week well yeah a little bit just a bit of fishing a bit of relaxing back by the sea Nice. I like in your happy place. By the sea. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of topic, um, I don't know, the Libertine, I'm not sure about the band. I couldn't I couldn't be sure whether it was Pete Doctor's band. I wouldn't be able to tell you any of the Libertine songs, so I'm not really Pete's interested there. Going but the Libertines, the Libertine as a, as a, as a concept, it was, it was a, a type of person, wasn't it? It was, a, it was an old-fashioned word for someone who... I think had very few um, inhibitions. Yes. Um, either moral, societal, sexual. They just did what they wanted to do and didn't really care about the consequences. Um, not in a, in a nihilistic way, just in a hedonistic way, I think. Yes. They so just wanted to really experience every opportunity for pleasure that they could and not care about... They didn't want to be told no. Didn't, want, didn't care about rules. 
Um, so I think they got a bit of a bad name. I, I don't really know much about it, but yes, yeah. so the, that's uh, not me. No, definitely I wouldn't pass myself as a libertine. No, although I have been known to break a few rules. Yes, push a few boundaries. Not usually for self gratification, though. But we are, as as a species, generally drawn towards short-term hedonism. Yes. Hedonism, I'm probably, I should probably look up the definition, but basically, as I understand it, it's the pursuit of pleasure. Well, I suffered from that just on my journey down today, Jeff. Okay. So I had to stop for petrol, and I uh, realised I hadn't had any breakfast. I stopped at a service station and there's yeah. a Greg's. And I thought, oh, I need something to eat. Mm. I should have something healthy or something light. You were at Greg's? Well, there was no, <laughs> I didn't have to go to for Greg's. Our, for our international listeners, Greg's is a pastry Pastry shop. establishment, a bakery. Um, but Greasy I could have. Pastry. Uh, yeah, I could have had something. I could have gone to the, the spa shop next door. I'm guessing you didn't. I didn't. <laughs> um, Short term hedonism of. A, a fatty uh, cheese sausage and bean melt. Ooh. Yeah. And they even put the calorie calorific value on it now, so you, you can see how bad it is for you. Well, that's supposed to be that was supposed to be coming in as a law. Yes, it is. I think it is a law. Now, well, no. It? So it's no. It was supposed to be coming in, and they've postponed it for a year. Have they? Yeah. That and the advertising. So you, they were going to ban buy one get one free on mm. um, unhealthy that's foods. Right, yeah. Thing. Yeah. I knew that um, one. Yeah. And banning I didn't know they'd food adverts. Yes, spooned it under the premise of while well, they evaluate the impacts on the cost of living crisis that we are currently oh, experiencing. Okay. Um, but I think it was more of a old conservative rebellion against the nanny state. But anyway, right. that's going off track slightly. But yeah, that, so so that short-term hedonism. You wanted that. that I wanted that the 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 delight of a rush. yeah of a, a satisfying beige breakfast yeah but then Fatty. I knew long term I shouldn't really eat that so what was what what's the what was the trade-off there the, tra- the trade-off for me was it was a it was a it was a treat it was a one-off I yeah. don't have it normally um I'll that's I'll the claim- justification that's the rationalization yeah. what's the trade-off what do you mean what's the trade-off well what were you sacrificing for having that instant hit of pleasure what was I sacrificing? Yeah, there's there's a cost to it, right? Not just the not the actual two pound thirty nine or whatever. What sacrificing cost. a healthy, you know, potentially le- not gaining weight? Okay, so a little bit of extra weight. Yes. Maybe a little bit of extra grease in those arteries. Exactly, a little bit more of a chance of poor health. Maybe a sh- slightly shorter life. Yes. Okay. But you, it's very hard, isn't it, to put a value on that? something that's further away we did yeah 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 we well, did a whole talk on this oh we do in Lisbon in, was it Lisbon Porto Porto did we on the, the soft the, the fluffy, fluffy side, side of Agile oh, oh, yeah. yes the yeah stu- I don't remember it being it wasn't about it wasn't about short term long but, but, but the, a lot of those the things that we said were harder to measure tend yeah. to be longer term benefits that's true yeah so I can't really measure my how long I was going to live or, or my my health risks. Well, you kind of can. You can project it, but through but, 
modeling. Yeah. And, and big but data. But it's still, <laughs> well, maybe, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You could get hit by a bus tomorrow. Exactly. Can't model that, can they? Exactly. Well, they can. I'm more likely because <laughs> I run in front of a bus, whereas you won't. But, um, yeah, that's true. But yeah, that, that sacrificing of the, it's so much easier for us to sacrifice the long-term good for the short-term pleasure. And part of it's rationalization, might die tomorrow. Part of it is what's called temporal discounting, mm-hmm. in that we, we, we generally think of, and it's, in a way, it, it's, it makes sense because, well, there's plenty of sayings around, isn't there? One in the hand is worth two in the bush. You know, I'd rather have one thing here than two future things that I might never have. Yeah. Did you have to explain that to... Is, well, that, is that an English I mean, thing? I could try. A UK, an English idiom? It is, having one bird in your hand is more valuable than there being two in the bush because I might not ever be able to catch them. Right? It's a very strange saying, Very strange saying. Um, so, it's, yeah, whatever you, if you've got something now, it's, it's seen to be and feels to be more valuable than potential might in the future. future. Even though, with compound interest, the more you get earlier... The more you end up with. Yeah. Um, it's the same with why they say it's why it's hard to save money, isn't it, in long, long-term investments? Yeah. Because you can spend it now. So I can buy this thing now. Whereas, we were trying to say this to my 12-year-old daughter yesterday. She, she's got money in her bank account. But she said, Daddy, I want it now. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to do anything with it, but she wants to have it. Yeah. Possession. She wants the possession of that money. But we we're trying to explain to her the benefits of, well, if you leave it where it is, it might be worth more in the long term. It's hard when interest rates are so damn low. Well, exactly, yeah. But it might be worth a little bit more yeah. in the long term. So I was trying to get so my daughter, my, my son, trying to get into not necessarily investing, but ISIS, um, stocks and shares, ISIS. But anyway, that's that's we're not but we're we not here see, for financial but, advice. But we see that even in everyday decisions that scrum teams make about you know can you just do this? So yeah. That that stereotypical. Um, managers tapping a developer on the shoulder and saying, ah, can you just run this report now? Mm-hmm. Because there is obviously a need for it now, but there's always a potential cost further down the line. You probably don't realise it, yeah. but it's that slowdown or that lack of morale or that that slight um, de- demotivating experience that that has on the potential long-term sustainability of that team. If you do it once, yeah. you're more likely to do it again. Next well, so that's so that's that's habitual, all right? So we start, we actually start creating a script of, of the kind of person we are, and we might not admit it to ourselves, but we, the more we do those kinds of things, the more we subconsciously believe ourselves to be that kind of person that does takes the quick fix, that, that takes the short, yeah, low-hanging fruit, whatever analogy you want. Yeah. Um, we are the kind of person that does that favour. We are the kind of person that gives in to senior managers' requests. That that that's just the message that we're telling ourselves. So we're more likely to do it. Um, but then the idea of um, it might not be us that has to deal with the problem. Yeah. And we like achievement. So actually achieving something, closing something out, even if it's you know, not perfect is attractive to working harder on something and, and you know, maybe taking a bit longer. And that that's a, that's a, not just for decision making but for change. You know, and that, that is ultimately what we what you and I do is is help people change. We can't force them to change. We can help them identify the changes they want to make and we can help them 
with their strategies for making that change, whether that's to become a more agile team, whether it's to have a more agile culture within their organization, whether it's to become more disciplined in their development, whatever it is. Um, but that involves letting go of something now in exchange for something in the future. So they're always up against this, this temporal discounting effect of, all right, I could, I could try and instill this new habit, but there's no guarantee that it will stick. There's no guarantee that I'm going to get this success. There's no guarantee that in the future I'll get this benefit. It's almost a leap of faith in a way. Well, we're naturally risk averse anyway. And loss averse. And loss averse. So we don't want we tend to... to... We tend to focus on the negatives a lot more, which is something we've said many times is in our podcast before, but we, the human brain focuses on negative five times more intensively than, than the positive. So we yeah. see negatives much more abundantly than we do see positives. That all is the true. Re- all the reasons why we shouldn't do something. And I'll flip that. And I'm not countering it. I'm, I'm compounding it with the flip side to it which is that as well as seeing all the risks and all the way things can go wrong and all the negatives we over inflate and rationalize the value of things that we currently have whether they be material possessions yeah. ways of working beliefs or thoughts um, and changing to some changing to do something else involves letting go of something that we have right now whether that be a discipline a working practice a belief um, a value uh, a habit whatever it is we've got to let go of something and we we, 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 because we own it simply because we have it it's part of us we think it's more valuable than it is yes that's it's, it's kind of a protectionism thing it's a hoarding it's one of the reasons we hoard yeah. Yeah, we keep things sentimental value as well um, so we have to overcome that as well that temporal discounting of thinking something in the future is less important than something that we can have now and the cognitive bias of thinking something that we have now it's more valuable, more than value it actually has. just because we've had it for a long time. Yeah. And it's enough to, we don't even have to have it for a long time. If I went to the shop now and bought a lottery ticket for two pounds, came back, and you tried to buy it off me for two pounds, I wouldn't. Because even <laughs> in that short walk from the shop to here, that's my lottery ticket now. Those are my numbers. Ownership. Right? And if I, I could go and win, I could go and buy another ticket, and it would be exactly the same nominal value. But I would always be thinking, but those were my numbers. Yeah, I'm sure the same applies at a code level in terms of developers. If I've written that code, even if I wrote it yesterday, yeah. it has more values than it really has mm-hmm. because I wrote it. Mm-hmm. I'm less likely to... I suppose it's that discipline, isn't it, of refactoring, of, of, of revising and improving that you have to be prepared to say, my what I did isn't, isn't perfect. Yeah, I can do something better. Yeah. But you have to be prepared to sacrifice by saying it, what I did before, what I what I do is flawed, is, is, is imperfect. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have to get you to help me remember now because I know your memory is better than mine. Yeah. So when we did this talk, I know that I know that I got them to close the close their eyes and tell them a story. Yeah. But I can't remember why. No, nor can I. So I think, I might be wrong, but this might just, it might be me remembering it because this is how I want to remember it. I think it was trying to explain how I kind of convinced you to take a yes. gamble on the podcast. Yes. And um, that sort of visualisation. So 
the the first of all the um, overinflating the value we have of something is technically known as the endowment effect, and what we did was a way of trying to counter the temporal discounting and endowment effects, although we didn't know that at the time. Yeah, it was. So all the way back, uh, how many years ago? Five years ago, whatever it was. Probably more than that, yeah. Me having a stupid idea and trying to convince Paul, the, the, the sensible person, the normal person, that actually it wouldn't be... The risk-averse person. Yeah. Um, that it wouldn't be dreadful. Um, and Paul was saying, but we might, you know, we, might, we might say something stupid and it's out there forever. Um, we might never get any more work. And, you know, yeah, it's just dreadful, Jeff. <laughs> Who would want to listen to us anyway? Uh, the recording quality would be awful. And all, all these solid, logical reasons why we shouldn't have sat down in a pub with a, with a recorder and yeah. talked about Agile and put it out to the world. Um, and, you know, I could, have, I could have logically argued with you, but ultimately, logic doesn't generally win arguments. So instead, I asked, I asked you to close your eyes and I said, just have a think about a day when you know, you've been for a nice long walk, Paul likes his nice long walks, in the English countryside and the sun's beating down on you and it's a nice warm day, you can hear the birds chirping, you can smell the, you can smell the rapeseed in the, in the field next to you and you're sweating slightly but not too much. Your legs are aching, but not too much. Because, you know, that's been a great walk. I'm going to go and have a drink. And you're walking along this English country lane. Walk over a little footbridge across a babbling brook. And just around the corner, you see, see an old Cotswold stone, yellow brick building, pub, the pub sign outside, saying the King's Head. And you walk up to it. Some people outside nod to you in that way of, yeah, I see you, but I don't want to talk to you. Kind of way. You walk in, have a look around. Floor, carpet's just nicely sticky, as a pub carpet should be. Nice wood panelling on the bar. Some funny pictures on the walls. No queue at the bar, just general hubbub. It's a fireplace, but obviously no fire because it's still quite warm outside. It's actually quite nice and cool inside. You walk to the bar, no queue. Bartender pours you. Without even asking, they know what you want. Know your favourite. Pour you a drink. Very cheap. None of these London prices. And just as you're about to take your first sip, you hear your name called from the corner of the pub. You turn around, it's an old mate you haven't seen for ages. He beckons you over, nice leather armchair, you sit in, sit down, have a nice little chat, about half an hour, 40 minutes, something like that, about what he's been up to, what you've been up to, put the world to rights, have a bit of a debate, Yeah. before you know it, your pint's finished, and you enjoyed it so much, you make plans to meet up again. It's funny, isn't it? It's like um, I was just think, thinking about that then. So we've we've done this type of stuff in um, classes that we've taught, and we've told that story before. But um, we all we all take something different from it. And I was I was trying to think about this in the day. Is, is is that why visualization works? Why why is it? And, I, and it's not just me and you that do this. This is something that sports people do. This is something that um, entrepreneurs do. It's anyone that's trying to 
slow their mind and, and think about the future. And I wonder it's all the way back to kids. So, because you, when you, were, when you were, when we were younger, or when many of us were younger, then we would have been read stories by our parents, or we would have listened, we would have read books. And when you're doing that, you are in effect ca- casting your own future. You're, you're making, you're visualizing what's happening. So I wonder if there is it. That's why these things work. It's a human connection with scenarios and, and visual and visual storytelling. Well, you've got, well, maybe not now because it's, it's so old. But at the time, when hearing that story, the hope was that you would feel some emotion. Yes. And that emotion, while technically in the future, because it hasn't happened yet. You're experiencing it now, and you you've then got the endowment effect because you don't want to let go of that feeling. You don't want to lose that feeling that you've now got, but you've you've brought the future into the present, and you're also connecting potential futures with potential similar past experiences that you've had. Yeah. So like the sun on your back, or the smell, or the, the look, or the look and feel, the smell of a a re- and also also a great feel that you walk past in the game. Yeah. So you you. You connect those things, and it makes it feel more real. Yeah. Now that's arguably bordering on manipulation yeah, in a way, arguably, right? Yeah. So when you know, I know that Paul likes the smell of suntan lotion, for example. So I could have, <laughs> I could have injected. That's a weird but, thing. No, but so. we all do, right? Well, no, I say we all do. A lot of us. But do. you said that just today. In yeah, terms yeah, of it makes you, you we think associate it with smelling, with being on, yeah. uh, on the beach or yeah, holidays. Yeah. yeah. So. If I know something will evoke a particular emotion in him, I can inject that into the story and I've immediately dialed up his positive emotions. Now, that's slightly manipulative. But in a way, it's, it's helping him. You know, I could ask him to describe the situation. I could ask him to describe what smells he can smell in that situation. And he's doing it himself. But the idea there is when you're finding something difficult, it's not necessarily enough to just rationalize the logic behind it. If you can visualize that future, you can take advantage of the temporal discounting and endowment effects rather than them actually make it harder for you. Um, so putting yourself in that future, thinking about how it would feel, really visualizing it and, and, and internalizing that feeling, then bringing it back to the future, you've got some intrinsic motivation to make that future happen now. And you know, from a, from a change agency from a change management perspective it's an incredibly powerful tool for teams who are a little bit ambiguous or uncertain about whether to to go for something or not going back to the uh the conference that we did in i think it was porto i'm gonna it might have been lisbon i get the two mixed up all i remember about that is there was an incident in the conference in in the actual presentation when we had to play when we had to play an audio clip yeah. Of a heavy metal, I don't know. You might be able to think about where it, where it links in, but listeners, we had to play a. We had no, We chose to. We chose to play. It was either some Iron Maiden. Yes, or, it was Iron Maiden. Yeah. Was it? And it, it was. Been. We were supposed to play it at a certain part of the conference in, the, in our presentation to make a certain point, but the audio engineer didn't sound check or check levels before he played said clip. And it must have played out at about 400 decibels. It was loud. And to the point where everyone in the auditorium had to put their hands over their, their ears. And it was deafening. And it somewhat lost its um, impact. impact. Yeah. I can't remember. I can't remember why it was there. Yeah. We took it out of, pre- uh, of uh, <laughs> future versions. But that's all. I, that's my lasting memory of that is, is 
Breaking oh, things I know. It was um, peace sells, but who's buying? Is that what it was called? Yes, that was the that was the that was the song. Was that Iron Maiden? Whatever. Or was it Black Sabbath? It was very loud. Yeah, anyway, I think it, was, it might have been Black Sabbath. Well, Meg, no, Megadeth. Megadeth. Peace sells, but who's buying? Megadeth. Oh, yes. Um, because we were talking about scrum sells, but who's buying? Because it's so fluffy. Who's going to buy the fluffy side of Agile? That's, there you go. Very good. Very good. Now, I think I'm more likely to remember that because it was musical. Well, music, music itself takes you, helps, takes you to certain places, isn't it? Not just visualisation, but it invokes memories. So smells, sights, sounds invoke memory. Mm. I did, I, I went, this is going really off topic now. But, um, <laughs> well, that's the beauty of these things, they do. I went to, so a friend of mine is a, a classics professor. Right. And he, he, he did a talk once and I, I went along to watch. And it was absolutely fascinating. So basically he was doing, uh, he does these regular weird things, but it, he, he, will, he will take you on a tour around an art gallery and he'll tell you all about the art, where it's from, the artists and things. Brilliant. Really fascinating because somebody doesn't know anything about art. Um, but he was actually doing a talk on synesthesia. On oh, what? Synesthesia. Do you know what that is? No. It's where your senses overlap. So you can see colours uh, and hear colours. and Oh, you can hear, okay. Things like that. Uh, sorry, yeah, you see musical <laughs> notes as colours. So oh, a really? composer, when they're composing, they, they can like see notes in the air and, and hear colours and things like that. It's incredible. I, I, so there are people out there who have this thing, synesthesia, okay. where some of the you know, your brain wiring is, is such that you can your, your senses overlap. It's, it's fascinating, and that idea of music being a, an unlocker, like smell, can be a massive unlocker. Mm. You know, when you and I smell suntan lotion, we're taken back to not our collective holiday, but we're both taken back to a holiday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. When I hear waves, it could be any sea in the world. But I yeah. am immediately brought back. To and also, it's not particular one. Back to the suntan lotion. It's not a one one particular brand of suntan lotion. No, no. The suntan lotion has a. Is it just the smell, or is it the the time or the scenario where you're applying it? Was, it's probably a temperature thing as well. Yeah, probably. Maybe you feel it's hot, or you see the sun, and you smell that. It's a mixture of things. A combination yeah. of those things. Yeah. I'm. Oh yeah. I. I, I so if I was to link this back together. We're well, in bring, the us, bring the us back. Bring, bring it back. Right, we're in the pub called the Libertine. Libertine is all about hedonism. Short-term hedonism is a, is a way that inhibits our ability and willingness to change yeah. and be disciplined. But in order for Agile to work, we need to embrace change and embrace discipline. So in order to get past that natural tendency for, for short-term hedonism, we have some opportunities or some, some techniques that can help our visualisation. Um, and did we come up with anything else? Well, storytelling to a degree. Storytelling, yeah. And synesthesia. Um, sinus, 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 yeah, that was just that was that was an off <laughs> that was an offshoot. <laughs> but it was interesting. The only thing back to the synesthesia thing, and this yeah, this we are still off topic. Have you? Ever, this is a good question for for Jeff because Jeff's not particularly up on eighties films. Have you ever seen Close Encounters of a Third Kind? Nope. Well, there we are, ladies and gentlemen. Well, we'll leave it there. Zone, right? Huh? That's Twilight Zone. No, it's not the Twilight. Well, it's 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 UFOs. Okay. Right. So it's aliens from another planet. Is the Twilight Zone a film? And there's a TV TV oh, series. Yeah. Right. But in Close Encounters of a Third, third Close Encounters of a Third Kind, at the end of the film, 
hashtag spoiler alert. Turn off now if you don't want. If you've never seen, like Jeff, if you've never seen it. But the alien mothership lands on Earth, and the only way they can communicate is through sound and light, okay. and a, and different coloured lights and hand and kind of movement, hand signals, and it's all kind of intertwined how they're kind of communicating those three medium. Okay. Which is a similar thing. So it's seeing colours and hearing sounds and communicating through sounds and colours. It's okay. probably completely unconnected, but I just thought it'd be interesting because I thought it would be a film that you hadn't seen. Yeah. And I was right. Yeah. I don't think I will see either, to be honest. Oh, it's a classic. Yeah. Steven Spielberg. Yeah, it's a lot of Steven Spielberg films I haven't seen. <laughs> anyway, there we go. Short one? It's all right. Short and sweet. We did 30 minutes in the pub. It was it was a truly meandering conversation, but sometimes those are the best ones. Who knows whether this one was? We'll find out. <laughs> We'd love to hear from you. How is your Dorset knob? Um, uh, it's still going. It's quite long. Who misses? But I probably wouldn't have another one. You wouldn't. No. But it was fine. There was one or two guest ales, so yeah. I picked. Pick the one with the most comedy name. Yeah, it's a childish little yes. imp. Mm. Cheers, mate. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, all. See you soon. <laughs>